So, do you think this is the episode that's going to get us excommunicated? Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, Katie. <clears throat> Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. This is a podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture and sometimes underpants. Today is an exciting episode because we are were inspired by a listener to focus on this topic. We got a voice recording and it's just delightful. So we're going to play it, respond to it, tell some stories, reference some moments in pop culture and dig into uh, the magic Mormon underwear of it all. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's play this clip. I'm probably going to like pause it so we can respond to it along the way. Okay. I have to say, um, this listener asked to remain anonymous for reasons that are seem very reasonable to me and clear when you listen to his story. Yeah. Um, But we got this audio and we were both like, are we listening to NPR? Is this yeah. freaking Ira Glass? This person has such a podcast voice. I'm low-key threatened by it. Like, I feel like we're <laughs> going to play this audio and people are going to be like, I want to listen to his podcast. Can he just take this over permanently? I know. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hey, do you have any more questions? Yeah. Do you have any more ideas? Some more content? Yeah. Do you want to just in. like l record yourself stream of conscious nonstop right. and we'll pick and choose because sure that's art man <laughs> what a voice yeah. and like Jewish correspondent in inside Salt in Lake Utah? schools yes yeah you Ooh. guys will see you guys will see now that we've hyped it up let's just dive right in yeah Hi there. So I don't know if this is something that you'd be interested in ever like playing or discussing on the podcast. I'm pausing right now. Did you hear the voice? Can you guys fucking believe that? <laughs> What's the name of the guy who hosts the daily? It's like Michael Navarro or something. Am I making I that know. up? This guy is blowing him out of the water. I know. Come yeah. for his job. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're hooked. <laughs> I just know that um, we're friends on TikTok and I wanted to share this story with y'all um, because I don't have um, I don't have a ton of ex-Mormon friends, but I am a teacher in the Salt Lake City area. Um, I'm not from Utah. I've never been Mormon. I'm Jewish. And um, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more religious and I messed up because um, I teach elementary school and I just kind of assumed that temple garments were a thing that like everyone's familiar with like it's mormon 101 and i just kind of thought that like i'm sure that my lds students are aware that their parents wear temple garments and i bet they can't wait to grow up and get garments like mom and dad so you might be asking yourself why would you possibly be bringing up religious undergarments in an elementary classroom at all and that's okay pausing <laughs> Can we just talk about Jewish, never Mormon, right. Salt Lake City layers? Yeah, what a yeah. what a perspective. I feel like that's pretty unique. Mm -hmm. Okay, keep going. 
And that is a fair question, but I have a good answer. Um, so like I mentioned, I'm Jewish and um, I've been getting more religious as I've gotten older. I now wear um, an undergarment. It's called a talit katan. And it's basically the style that I like to wear is uh, basically an undershirt that is made so that it has four corners, two on each side um, on the bottom. And each corner has a long, um, has like a long tassel tied into it. And um, it's tied in such a way that there's a total of um, 613 individual like notches in the way that it's knotted. Um, and that's to remind us of the 613 commandments. And in my case, it's there to remind me of the ones that I do follow and of the ones that I choose not to follow. Um, I don't wear the strings out often. I usually have them tucked into my pants because I'm not orthodox. And um, even though I'm not orthodox, though I do, you know, it is my right to wear this, um, this religious undergarment. I think that any Jew who wants to wear um, a yarmulke or a talit should if they want to. So sometimes I wear them out. And any time a kid has asked me about them, I have explained the significance. I've been doing this for seven years, y'all. I've explained the significance of um, the garment and what it means to me. And I have always, always compared it to temple garments and just kind of said, you know, from my understanding, I think it's actually pretty similar to temple garments because it represents the um, commandments that we're supposed to follow. And I guess it was like intuition or this subconscious inkling, but I started to wonder, are temple garments a thing that Mormon kids actually know about? So I Googled it and I asked ChatGPT, and the internet was pretty firmly like, no, this is a very private and intimate thing that is rarely discussed, even in families. And it is generally not something that kids know about or are ever talked to about that um, kids don't really learn about temple garments until they're like in high school, they're like teenagers and they are getting ready for temple ordinances. I just figured that since like my students, I know that they all get baptized around second and third grade. Um, so I figured that they all knew about temple garments. And now I'm so embarrassed that I have been like bringing up this thing that I know basically nothing about. Um, and I might have caused some uncomfortable conversations to happen at home. So I just wanted to know, um, when did you two learn about temple garments? Is that something you were aware of as a kid or did you not really learn about them until you started to get older? Um, big fan of the podcast. Love your TikToks. I, uh, I hope to hear back and get some clarity on the whole temple garment thing. First and foremost, just obsessed with this listener. Yeah, please. New best friend. Mm. Keep it coming. Love going to chat GPT with this question. Yeah, I appreciate that. Have you asked chat GPT any Mormon questions? No. I asked. <laughs> this was like one of my first interactions with chat GPT. I was like, is the Mormon church true? Lisa, that's crazy. And I got this like 2000 word diplomatic response that was basically like, hell no. <laughs> that's awesome. And it just tickled me. So 
I, it was filled with good content though. That answer was filled with facts. Mm. So going to judge GPT is a great idea. Yeah. I, I do appreciate that he did that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I am, uh, you know, first and foremost, we can only speak from our experience as Mormon kids and as from our experience as Mormons, like we've talked about many times on this podcast, it's a new church, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. People are practicing in different ways than they did even just 15, 20, definitely 30 years ago. 30 years ago, it was like i don't know keep sweet by comparison it was pretty intense if your parents were wearing temple garments they were never taking them off right but i mean i we i know have been making the observation for years at this point that like less and less um like otherwise straight and narrow mormons are wearing temple garments Mm -hmm. um at least all the time they're Mm -hmm. not wearing them all the time i don't know it it's just a different vibe when we were growing up everybody who was supposed to be wearing them wore them wore them and yeah and you just there it was very black and white it was like once you were a temple garment wearer you never weren't right but we'll get more into that yes First and foremost, let's answer this question. When did you learn about temple garments and what did you learn? I mean, I don't know. So here's the thing with temple garments, like growing up in a Mormon family, um, and and maybe this is unique to our family. I know it's not unique to just our family, but maybe some families weren't totally like this. I mean, our parents just walked around in their temple garments mm-hmm. every day. We saw them. Like when our mom was getting ready in the morning, she would take a shower and put her temple garments on mm-hmm. and then kind of then do everything else, if that makes sense. So if she needed to like go to the kitchen, if she needed, like she's walking around in her temple garments and our dad was as well. It's sort of like if your dad's wearing his boxers, like some dads are like that and some dads aren't. But in our mm-hmm. family, it definitely was that way. And like, I guess I knew, I don't know when <laughs> I <laughs> figured out what they were exactly and and I don't know that I as a kid really knew what exactly they were for I knew like some of the like sort of lore I feel like there's a lot of lore around temple garments and it I I think from what I've read some of what you believe is kind of like family to family like some people Mm -hmm, think that mm -hmm. they protect you some people think that it's like um to keep you modest which is somewhat like obviously true Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean growing up we just saw our parents in them all the time however to that point they they're like uh, they're underwear yeah and so it's shorts and a t-shirt it's a white shorts and a white t-shirt right it's underwear so that's kind of where my theory is with these kids that he's interacting with who might be kind of looking at him a little bit funny and he talks about temple garments almost as if they don't know what he's talking about i kind of wonder if they don't think why are you talking about my parents underwear Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of where my head goes where they're it's like oh how do you know about my parents underwear (laughs) you know because it is like it's not like an outward symbol it's not like you know a yarmulke or whatever it's like underwear 
It's well, very much even, underwear. So there are, so it's a white shirt and white shorts. Um, and there are symbols embroidered in like the nipples, the navel and the knee, but they're so subtle Yeah, that you wouldn't even know they were there until yeah. you like actually learn about the garment, which does not happen as a little kid. It's not like our parents no. were like walking around in their underwear and being like, look at the symbol on this. Do you want to understand what it means? So if you are a kid like us, where your parents are walking around in them, you have no frame of reference for what other people's parents are walking around in. You would never necessarily know that your parents are wearing something distinctive to their Mormonness. Right. Unless they explicitly told you. And I don't remember being explicitly told. No. I think we didn't really talk about temple garments in a direct way until we were probably in Young Women and we were learning about the temple. Mm-hmm. And you're in Young Women when you turn 12. Right. That so, is yeah, my you guess. Old, yeah. And that's older than his students. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, like you were just talking about the symbols. Like I remember noticing the stitches Mm-hmm. But never really thinking anything of it. I just remember thinking like, oh, it's kind of weird how there's like a little stitch, yeah, you know, in the nipple and the navel and the knee. Like it's, but it's literally, I was like, I don't know. And and the other thing is, isn't our parents supposed to really talk to their kids about it? Like in terms of like what it really means or is that a part of the sacred temple right. ceremony of it all? I mean, I think it's been a gray area because there's so much of a so much of the temple ceremonies, especially the endowment ceremony, are a, are basically like reminders and threats to never talk about what you're learning. Right. Um and so when you leave, it's like, well, what's covered under that umbrella of what I should never talk about? And in more recent years, the church has been more proactive in explaining what temple garments are. I feel like around the Mitt Romney era where he was being like made fun of for his magic underwear, the church was like, we need to get in front of this. And they made a couple of like short little YouTube videos explaining what garments are. And that's a relatively new level of information that the church is offering. So the secretness I think contributes to what he's describing where it's like you can be a young Mormon kid and even if your parents wear garments all the time you might not know what the hell is going on right or you what it means know, or like, why yeah you just know the like bits and pieces you hear the lore you hear the stories and you know it has to do with temple marriage which is its own you know looming thing <laughs> well I say looming some people are like looming you know yeah but uh, but you know what I'm saying. I know what <laughs> but, you're saying. But yeah, you hear the stories. You hear the, um, you know, they were in a fire and they got mm. burned up, but you know, not where their garments were, and their garments were intact or whatever. So that's a story I feel like every Mormon kid heard at some point. But actually, I was doing some digging, and uh. Willard Marriott, J. Willard Marriott, who's like the founder of the Marriott Corporation, like Marriott Hotels, he was on 60 Minutes and Mike Wallace was asking him about temple garments. 
Roberts. And he told the story of being in a boat fire and his um and being burned up and his clothes being burned off of him, but not where his garments were. Huh. I like as an adult, I was like, where did we all hear these weird stories? Oh man, right in the mainstream, like yeah, the Marriotts are out there telling that story. So it's definitely there is some like mysticism to temple garments. Like they're gonna protect your body against harm and evil and temptation and sin and like literal flames. Yeah, that's pretty serious. My question is, are they lying or <laughs> is it like how they used to make baby pajamas flame retardant? Mm. Or are they well, doing a little bit of that? That could that would be very shrewd of the church to think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wonder because um another aspect of temple garments that comes up a lot is that they're made at least have been made from synthetic fabrics. So in 2021, there was a New York Times article about Mormon temple garments because there was this movement within the church of young women who were like, these are bad for our health. Like mm -hmm. women were getting chronic UTIs and rashes and like, and, you know, they interviewed like a gynecologist for the, for the article who was like, yeah, you shouldn't be wearing these fabrics. It's not right. good for your, your health. Yeah. So can we get an organic cotton garment, please? Yes, please. So for uh, them to be thinking about flame retardant fabrics, but not like, I don't know, healthy for your vaginal health is kind of on brand. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it sort of tracks to return to his question. It's not, it, we knew about garments. I don't remember not knowing about garments, but I also yeah. don't remember actually learning about garments, if that makes any sense. Totally. Like, I knew they were a thing, but I didn't know what the hell they meant. I knew I would one day have to wear them. Mostly I knew it meant I couldn't wear, I couldn't wear tank tops and short shorts, even as a little kid. Because mm -hmm. I needed to be preparing for the day when I would wear tumble garments and couldn't show my shoulders or my thighs to the world. Right. Um, but that was honestly the basic extent of it until I was like in college. Yeah, I will say I remember if I'm really thinking about it, I remember feeling like I could I shouldn't touch them. Mm. um interesting so like if they were in the laundry room I remember just feeling and I don't know if it's because I was told something like I I remember them being washed separately mm -hmm. um and I felt like I shouldn't touch them and it was just like a weird honestly I don't know it's such a weird thing like it, it was so underwear-y like I even remember <laughs> So this family whose house I went to every day after school, they were like my babysitter. Um, the Wilcoxes. Also One, Mormon. Also, yeah, Mormon. Yeah, everybody's, he was the everybody's Mormon. Yeah, if I tell yeah. a story from my childhood, everybody's Mormon. Yes. Um, yeah, he was the bishop and uh, his wife watched me every day, whatever. Um, 
at one point I walked into her bedroom and she was sitting there in her like rocking chair knitting in her garments, which kind of weird considering she was being paid to babysit me. And it was Um, like midday or late afternoon. Yeah. But you know what? She had a lot of kids who were a lot of work. (laughs) Sure. And she was probably going through it. She probably needed 15 minutes. Um, but I remember it it being like, you know, very, you know, like get out of here, you know? Oh, like you had caught her in a situation you shouldn't have been privy to. Right. Which, you know, I don't know. I'm a girl. She's a woman. Women see each other in underwear. Not that it's always comfortable. Not that I would have been comfortable seeing her in just underwear. But it's just weird looking back on it. It's very, it's strange. It's the only other like kind of rando I've seen in their garments. Interesting. Yeah, I had like a mission companion who would walk around in her garments. And it was a thing people were talking about in the mission. Like other sisters were like, I'm uncomfy because she's always, I mean, to be for the record like the material is thin if someone is walking around in their tumble garments in front of you you're seeing nipple you're seeing bulge you're seeing yeah it's not hiding everything so sure but um i thought that was so interesting i i mean i understood it i didn't want to be walking around in my garments in front of mission companions and uh, but it was such a thing. It came up with every sister in that mission. Hmm. Um, I also, in preparation for this, was reading some uh, <laughs> in some online forums like Cora and Reddit about temple garments. And there was this whole thread about like, is it wrong for Mormons to walk around in their temple garments when they're at home, like lounging around? And it wasn't even asking like if other people are around, just like period. Because Mm. is it so sacred that you shouldn't just be wearing it, even if it's like just you at home walking around? And I was like, just the fact that this is a discussion shows what a range of experiences people have had with garments. Like you saying that in our house, they were washed separately. That was definitely like a cultural thing, not doctrinal. Um, Right. That our parents did, but I never did it. I wasn't ever told to do it, and I didn't. I'm not creating another load of laundry just for fun over here. Yeah. And even, like, so even the language around, like, how to wear them and when to wear them has changed to be even more vague, which fits what you were saying about, like, it's a new church. So Mm -hmm. I pulled out my old missionary handbook Mm -hmm. from 2006. Because I was like, what was I told to do Yeah, with garments? I, I couldn't remember. Um, and so I needed to go straight to the source. By the way, they have totally revised this and now it is way more vague. Lucy wow. Lucy. Shocking. Shocking to no one. Let me give a little context, by the way. So the missionary handbook, we read from this every day. Which means it's only uh, how many pages? Like 80 something little tiny short pages. This So we read like five pages every day as a companionship in the morning. 
which means I read this over and over and over. And that was by design to drill these rules into your head, like when to get up, what to eat, where to go, what time to be home, who you can talk to when you can talk to them, what you should wear. It was a lot. <laughs> um, so wearing the temple garment, it says, is the sacred privilege of those who have taken upon themselves the covenants of the temple. The garment is a constant reminder of these covenants. When properly worn, it provides protection against temptation and evil. Oh, so wow. that is straight up stated. That's straight up. But it says temptation and evil is what you're being protected from, not flames okay. and violence. Um, endowed members should wear the garment both night and day, according to the instructions given in the endowment, which the instructions given in the endowment are basically that they don't say more than that, really. So, okay. You should not adjust the garment or wear it contrary to instructions in order to fit different styles of clothing, even when such clothing may be generally accepted. So you can't like tuck the sleeves up so you can wear a little cap sleeve or something. Though people Mm -hmm. did that every freaking day. Oh, When two-piece garments are used, both pieces should always be worn. This is the thing. Garments were one piece until the late 1970s. Wow. Like our poor dad was wearing a onesie as an adult man on a mission in Houston, Texas. Can you imagine how hot and uncomfortable? Also, the original garments were like to the wrist, to the ankle. That's crazy. How do you, do you know at what point they stopped doing the, to the wrist, to the ankle? Did that not last very long? I mean, it lasted a decent amount of time, but it was in sometime in the 1900s. We can look it up. Um, That's crazy. Like, so a little story time. When our grandparents passed away, um, one of my duties in helping clear out their house was to take care of their temple garments. And they had a refrigerator box filled to the brim like stuffed down, filled to the brim with old temple garments. The reason is like to discard your temple garments, it's a little fussy because you're supposed to cut out the little symbols, burn them. At least that's what I was told. And then cut up the garments so they're unrecognizable as garments. So grandma and grandpa were like, I can't be bothered with that. I'm just going to stuff them in this refrigerator box for decades. And then, like, a few days after their funeral, I'm sitting at their kitchen table cutting symbols out of their ancient onesie to the wrist to the ankles underwear. And I I was given the task because I had been through the temple at that point. And so it was like, oh, great. You can see these something you handle can do. them or whatever. It was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Elisa, I love this story, and I also hate this story. It freaks me the fuck out. I yeah. don't like it. It was freaky, and I was an all-in Mormon. I had just gotten home from a mission, and even still, I was like, this is uncomfy and weird and sad and morbid. And, like, their whole lives, they were in these strange little get-ups and then shoved them into a refrigerator box when they got worn out. And even our super faithful grandparents were like, I can't be bothered to cut these 
goddamn symbols out. <laughs> Just gonna put it in a fucking refrigerator box and forget about it until I yeah. die. <laughs> and I want to know, do we know where it's written that you have to cut the symbols out and burn them and... Is that I, canon? I saw it in the church handbook. Oh, I don't know if it still says you have to burn them. Someone can weigh in on this. But you need to destroy the symbols. So you cut them up into such tiny little pieces. That it's basically just thread or sure. burn them. So we got to decommission it like a flag. I have to say one of the like true moments for me of like I have really left the church like it's over for me was not just when I like bought real underwear as an adult for the first time which was a whole experience um it was throwing away my temple garments and not not doing anything to them yeah like being like this is I'm I'm not gonna spend time. I'm not gonna light a fire in my apartment. I'm gonna just right. throw these away. Yeah, this doesn't mean anything to me. No. Hmm. Okay. Moving on with the old instructions for missionaries. You should hmm. not remove either entirely or partially the garment for activities that can reasonably be done with the garment worn properly under the clothing. Um, nor should you remove it to lounge around your quarters. When you must remove the garment, you should put it back on as soon as possible. Hmm. So this is another like gray area. And like when I went off to college and I knew people who wore garments who would like wear like sports bras to exercise, I was like, oh, you are taking that off to exercise. You think that's an activity that warrants removing the garment. Whereas in our family, no, you were not taking it off to exercise. You were wearing, like, a t-shirt and shorts long enough to cover it when you exercised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were basically only taking your garment off to shower, swim, mm -hmm. and have sex. Right. And then you put it right back on. Yeah. That is the tradition we were raised in, and I know that that is not uncommon. Yeah. Wham, bam, thank you, <laughs> Joseph Smith. Let me cover it right back up. This is an interesting part. The garment should never be left on the floor. When mm -hmm. garments need to be washed, they should be placed in a laundry basket or bag until they can be properly washed and dried. I never heard that in the temple, never learned that from mom and dad, but read it 600,000 times as a missionary. And it was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, my, my garments, like touched the ground for half a second oh no what does, what it, does mean? it mean am i gonna be burned in a boat fire now as you carefully follow these principles you'll be guided by the holy spirit in considering your personal commitment to wear the garment this sacred covenant is between you and the lord and the proper wearing of the garment is an outward expression of your inner commitment that's what it says so now what is in the church handbook what's in the missionary handbook is that you should wear the garment throughout your life. Cool. Wow. Vague. It's a different church. From like night and day. Don't alter. Don't take it off. 
don't let it touch the freaking floor <laughs> too throughout your life you know yeah you know so when you go to the temple when you go yeah, to church sure. when you feel like it one thing that i want to mention that we had talked about is like you know religious clothing Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, we're not making fun of anybody else's religious clothing. Oh my gosh, no. Would never feel inclined to. Don't think, don't feel any way about it. I think that it's cool. Yeah. Just like, you know, whatever. You want to wear a cross necklace? Cool. Obviously, yarmulke, whatever. Good yes. job. When he way was describing go. the garment he wears, I'm like, that's awesome. Even like as yeah. he describes the symbolism of like the laws and he's like honoring the ones he obeys and the ones he doesn't i'm like that's beautiful and cool and sounds like profound and important Mm -hmm. yeah i i feel nothing but like respect for that yeah however however (laughs) yeah um what is it you know or like i know what it is that makes it okay for me to think that temple garments are silly is it okay for everyone (laughs) yeah um everyone has my permission (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you're like looking for it like it's cool with me i'm um you got it 100 percent. you can wear the ooh like a halloween costume or something (laughs) of garments i mean sure i wouldn't want that just because awkward but not because i'm offended this is the thing like Mormons love to be offended. Yeah. Um by people thinking Mormonism is silly. But the problem with that is Mormonism is so silly. Yeah. It's so easy. It's just such a silly goose religion and the more people get worked up about it being called out as silly, the sillier it kind of gets. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough so, one. Sorry, guys. Just sorry, gonna guys. keep talking <laughs> just about Just gonna it. keep calling it magic underwear. But yeah, just thought we should touch on that. Briefly. I mean, let's touch on it not so briefly. So here's a little <laughs> pop culture tie-in. Um, the new season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has begun, season four. And I have to say, they're killing it. This season is so good. Nice. But um in the second episode heather gay talks about garments she Mm. it's in the context i'll give you a little context so lisa barlow one of the housewives her son jack decides he's going on a mormon mission and this is kind of fascinating because we've talked about lisa barlow on the podcast she says she's mormon 2.0 right she owns a tequila company uh drinks openly doesn't wear garments you know like uh, lives a kind of Mormonism that is unfamiliar to folks who grew up more orthodox. Um, and so her son, deciding to go on a mission, he didn't tell his parents for like a year that he was doing it. Whoa. And on the show, she said, she's like crying about it. She's like, uh, he said he's not like us. He said he's different from us. And so there is this sense that like, you know, he's this kid growing up in Utah and I'm Mm -hmm. sure feeling a lot of pressure about being a certain kind of Mormon. 
and his parents are very publicly not a certain kind of Mormon. And so he kept from them that he's mm. going on a mission. Super interesting. Yeah. So Heather finds out, oh, he's going on a mission. And she's like, whoa, uh, how does Lisa feel about this? Because I think she should be worried about what he's going to be like when he gets back. Yeah. And as someone who went on a mission, Heather understands what he's about to do. You know, mm -hmm. he's about to read this white book every day for two years and get like rules, 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 rules pounded into his head. Like orthodoxy is the only acceptable Mormonism on a mission. Yeah. And he's going to come back and they are not going to be acceptable to him. And he mm -mm. is not going to be in a frame of mind to deal with that for quite some time. Like coming home from a mission is a brutal mind fuck. I can say mm -hmm. that from experience. Like yeah. I was texting with some friends about the episode and they were like asking me for just context from a Mormon. And I was like, when I got home from a mission, I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't read books. I couldn't watch YouTube videos. I like literally couldn't. Yeah. For a while. And I could barely talk about anything but the church. Mm -hmm. Because you spend two years not allowed to even listen to music that's not the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Let alone talk to your family or friends. They've loosened some of that up, but it's still. Sure. It's yeah. a different handbook, but it's still it's still the same system yes you know i i was just thinking about you when you got back from your mission because you were totally weirded out you were yeah. totally on a different planet it took you forever i mean i i can remember i was there it took um, years yeah you were bananas cuckoo yeah. bananas mm -hmm. for a while and it reminds me <laughs> of i have a friend who when i was a teenager got sent to one of those like wilderness camps mm. for like bad badly behaving teenagers or whatever in utah like one of those mormon run ones it's like it's like kind of i don't know same yeah. system kind of and i remember her telling me about it you know you aren't allowed to talk for a long time and you get there you have to earn the privilege to talk and then and they all like rat each other out it's very much like you know it's very much giving like your your companion is like keeping you in check kind of thing mm -hmm. anyway when you came back from your mission it reminded me of like my friend who got back from her like punishment like yeah. behavior camp yeah a lot of it is designed to sort of like break your will mm -hmm. um there's been this conversation on tiktok about whether mormon missionaries are being labor trafficked if that mm falls under the definition of labor trafficking and i've seen some kind of compelling arguments in favor of that idea yeah um and one of the things that has come up is how you don't have access to money like not to enough money to get out mm -hmm. and i because you're paying your money you're paying to be there but you, all your money goes to the church and the church gives you basically an allowance and it is tiny. I mean, it was barely enough for us to eat. Mm -hmm. um, we had to pay for garbage pickup and we could barely afford it. We could barely afford bus passes. We were 
poor. Mm. And um, I remember having companions who were miserable, begging to go home, like would call the mission president daily in tears, begging to go home. And he would say no and be like, it'll ruin your life if you quit. And mm. kind of talk them back into staying for the day. And then the next day they would beg again. And they couldn't leave if they wanted to. I was in a stateside mission, so um, this wasn't a factor. But in a lot of international missions, they take your passport. Yeah. And we didn't have enough money to leave. That's so, so frightening. Anyway, if you want to talk about it as labor trafficking, there's a case to be made. Yeah. Um, And that's what Lisa Barlow's son is signing up for for two years. So back to garments. So Heather is talking about this and she's like, I mean, I went on a mission having no clue what I was getting myself into. It was just like, what do I do next with my life? How about this? And she's like, and next thing I know, I'm in the temple making death oaths and vowing to wear garments for the rest of my life. And then yeah. garments, a picture of garments flash up on the screen. Whoa. And I saw this Mormon TikToker post who posted a video in reaction to this, who was so offended. She's like, I'm watching the real housewives. They show garments on the screen. They talk about death. Those which aren't real. Like I'm so offended. Don't make fun of my garments. And I was just like, sweetie, <laughs> the death oaths are real. Like they went away in the nineties, but they were happening. Right. Heather made them. You were miming, like, slitting your throat in the temple. And, like, if I ever reveal the secrets of the temple, basically, I deserve to die. Yeah. And though those are gone, you still spend most of the temple ceremony vowing to sacrifice everything for the church. Right. Including your own life, if necessary. Literally words that I had to agree to. Yeah. So it's not a stretch. And then, yeah, just Mormons getting like all up in arms about garments being discussed or shown just contributes to me being like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you guys silly. Get over it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that the Real Housewives of Salt Lake are talking about garments. And because of the nature of our podcast, you know, we're always looking for pop culture tie-ins. I was trying to find a definitive list of moments in pop culture where garments are shown or talked about. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find one. Hmm. Um, that's a list someone should make. Mm -hmm. But I did find a few little examples. Some I knew about, some I didn't. Like in Orange is the New Black, yeah. there's, a, there's a prison guard who's a Mormon. And when the women, like, take over the prison and, like, hold the um, guards hostage, they make them strip down and he's wearing garments. And they're all like, what? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the Mormons didn't like that. And no. then in the show Quantico, there's a guy who plays, like, an FBI agent who's a Mormon, which, if you didn't know, the FBI loves Mormons. Mm. and so there's a scene where he's just walking around in his garments hmm. i know like big love i don't remember if there were garments but definitely temple clothes which is what just about in, skipping um, a jump away yeah what about in keep sweet or not keep sweet i'm so sorry um under the banner of heaven i don't think they showed him in his garments 
like no, maybe in a white t-shirt but i don't uh, i would remember seeing andrew garfield in full-blown head-to-toe temple garments yeah man i need i'm i think it might be time for a rewatch. <laughs> that was a good one i liked that oh man very much couldn't agree more yeah. such a great show I love the idea of the podcast just being like we go back and rewatch everything and remake every episode. Honestly, that was like, was that the first episode? It was our first episode. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, maybe honestly. we'll do like a little, um, a little like second anniversary episode or something. <laughs> That'd be cute because yeah. I'm down. Me too. Watch cute little, cute little Andrew Garfield just losing his faith. Solving murders. Looking like a slut. Looking like a snack. Yeah. (laughs) So Mormon garments and pop culture are a thing. And there's always this sense of like, oh, other religions don't get treated this way. Like other religions aren't ridiculed like Mormons, which is a ridiculous argument. Not true at all. Right drop it and like other religions aren't like brand new little baby religions that Mm -hmm. are like from america founded by a magician yes yes and like temple garments are uniquely absurd when you look at them from a non-believing perspective because it's like early 1840s joseph smith becomes a freemason and basically lifts the whole kit and caboodle <laughs> ceremony and turns it into his own thing including right. temple garments like the symbols it's all freaking lifted like mm-hmm. barely any editing to make it seem different at all yeah. which is partly why going to the temple as a mormon seems so out of left field Because you're actually going to a Freemason temple and you didn't know you were a Freemason. Like, that's what's really happening. Um, But like, yeah, there are these like originally these onesies and you and they have these little symbols snipped into them as you wear them. So in the early days when you first got the garment, they cut the symbols on your body and slashed you in the knee. So you had like a permanent scar. I mean, whoa. (laughs) You know, hearing this stuff, it really freaks me out. But it also like answers a lot of questions for me. Like it makes a lot of sense. Like why the people in our family are the way that they are. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much. Like there's this, like we talked about in the last episode, how like it's this really like like outwardly just really like kind of stoic and quiet and reverent people but like Mm -hmm. deep down there's this like there's something going on you know there's an underbelly right there's slashing and there's witchcraft and there's masonry and death threats they the temple initially was like we're here to avenge the murder of joseph smith uh we're here to like a take on the u.s government basically that is like what you were promising and you're like miming slitting your throat i mean and they believed in like blood atonement like some people just need to be murked if they like offend us as a group and Mm -hmm. we're doing it for jesus like 
come on here yeah um and it wasn't that long ago it was not that long ago um this is another part of it that plays into that i think so when you get the garment for the first time it's in a ritual called the washing and anointing or the initiatory it's how you're initiated into the temple until the 1920s you sat fully naked in a bathtub (laughs) and got washed head to toe by like a little old lady Mm -hmm. touching you yeah. Well, yeah, women do it for women, men do it for men. Sure. Fully in a bathtub, fully naked, head to toe washing. Like that's pretty kinky shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. until the 1920s. So like our grandparents' parents. Yep. Um cool, 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 that, cool, cool. Until 2005. And luckily I went through in 2006. Thank god (laughs) until 2005 you were still fully nude you wore something called a shield which is less coverage than what they give you at a doctor's office like fully open sides just a flap like a sandwich board made out of fabric covering your Mm. front and back so like at the dentist yeah except you're naked underneath (laughs) right um (laughs) And then you, again, uh, a little old lady touches you. Uh, she would touch you like on your breast, on your, near your groin, Mm-mm. with water, with oil, and then help you into your garments. Mm-mm. That was until 2005. When I went, again, thank God, in 2006, I was I was instructed to put on the garments first. So I'm wearing them for the very first time, then put a shield on. So I'm still walking around in my underwear, which as a purity culture, modest Mormon kid was already uncomfy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little old lady touched me just on my head mm. with water and oil. And it was over. But it was enough. It was enough to freak me the fuck out. And it's the first thing you do in the temple. (laughs) To the point that I fully blocked it out, had no memory of it, until I read enough Reddit threads that I pieced it together. Oh, sure. Because you were probably so high on adrenaline and just freaking the fuck out that you were just like going through it and being like, okay, and then what next? And okay, uh... And then hearing people's stories about being basically molested because every temple worker had a different boundary. Like some were fully touching your penis. Some were fully touching your like labia. Um, Others were just touching like the hollow of your thigh, right? Um, But reading those kinds of accounts, hearing those kinds of accounts, I was like, I can't remember what happened to me. And that really scares me. Mm. Why do I have no memory of this? I hate that. And then luckily, (laughs) learning that 2005 was the year that changed, I was like, okay, okay. It didn't happen to me. I still don't remember it, but no, I was spared that. At the very least. (laughs) Yeah. You know, though, you know, that feeling you just described where you don't remember what happened. Mm -hmm. 
and there's like you know you, but you know you were going through something traumatic but you don't remember like quite the extent like mm-hmm. is this a problem do i need to dig deeper or can i let this go why is it that all of my i don't have very many memories like that but the ones i do have were all church related mm-hmm. yeah i don't remember being baptized i don't mm-hmm. remember the initiatory i honestly barely remember the temple mm-hmm. that yeah. first time in the temple no 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 that was so much of my mission mm. is a blur yeah for me a big one is um pioneer trek oh yeah some weird i think some weird stuff happened on pioneer trek mm-hmm. i mean it's a weird fucking thing to make kids do another system of breaking your will and there was just like some like unsupervised i was there was some weird stuff Mm -hmm. happening unfortunately that i don't remember maybe fortunately Mm -hmm. maybe for the best (laughs) maybe for the best i've oh yeah i've moved on bishops interviews where you were like asked intimate details of things lock those out bye-bye no yep. space in my brain for that. My body you remembers, know, like, my brain cannot. Yeah, my body for sure remembers. Yeah, you know how Dumbledore can like pull the like mm-hmm. memories out? Yeah, yeah, I was doing that. That shit's right. in a pen sieve. I'm not looking at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a millennial. Anyway. Shit, right there. Um. So yeah, again, returning to our wonderful listener and his very good question. Oh. What a complicated thing to um to grow up with this the myth, the mysticism, the threat, the looming promise of temple garments. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can totally see young kids being like, wait, what are you talking about? And like, how do you know about this? You're not supposed to know about this. Or wait, yeah, is that what my parents are wearing? I don't really know what it means. I mean, Mm -hmm. all kinds of reactions. Yeah. It's a complicated thing. I'm not surprised that kids are giving you a little bit of a a glazed look. Yeah. I'm not surprised that chat GPT is like, easy. I wouldn't go there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just better leave it alone. Yeah. Chat GPT knows what's up, man. Yeah. These kids kids are being traumatized. You don't want to intervene. It's a canon event. (laughs) they'll be fine they'll forget katie and on that note (laughs) on that note send us questions in um like audio messages i'm now obsessed with that i know please please we will build entire episodes around your your voice messages like We'll just drop the whole format of the podcast and reinvent it around your voice messages. Like, we are ready. Listen, Elisa and I have been talking to each other our whole lives. Like, we're the most (laughs) important people in the world. We can talk about anything. Yeah. Whatever you want us to talk about, we can figure it out. do it. Lead the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, send us messages at pleaseblesspod at gmail.com. Send us DMs on TikTok or Instagram at Please Bless Pod. Love the shout out to our TikTok. Follow us there. Um, 
yeah follow on youtube listen there watch there, comment there subscribe there and rate and review the podcast please please, please and thank you mm-hmm. and, and most of all please bless this podcast amen, amen. that's my line